welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard and its games very carefully. And we've had a lot to watch recently, so yeah, it's the lead up to Battle for Azeroth and a lot of other stuff too. I'm Matt, I'm the host, and with me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. First up, since she's been doing it for us the last couple of weeks, I'm going to introduce her first, uh, Liz Harper. Liz, what's going on with you? Uh, not, not much. I'm kind of not that enthused about playing pre-Battle for Azeroth. It doesn't feel like I have any big game goals right now, so I'm kind of hanging out waiting for the expansion. Gotcha. Also with us this week, um, she does practically everything around here, so <laughs> she, she's recording, she's helping cast it, everything. Uh, and Stickney. And what have you been doing in the game, if anything? Uh, mate, mm, I've been farming reputation. Okay, yeah, you get, more, you get more getting your rep- bars. Yeah. More reputation? Because, you know, I... Well, okay. So when I logged in... <laughs> when I logged in for 8.0, like, the first thing that popped up was the 80 reputation achievement, right? Because, of course, I have that because I'm obsessed with filling those stupid bars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the next step up is there's a 90... And I wasn't quite there because when I logged in in 8.0, I didn't just get the 80 achievement. I was at 89. (laughs) So uh, there is an achievement for 90 reputations. And I noticed that because I flipped factions, I did this. Oh, gosh, I did this like several weeks, like almost a month ago that I flipped factions. Anyway, when I did that, um, I don't have the winter spring, the the winter spring frost sabers. I don't have Mm -hmm. that because it didn't exist on the horde, obviously. Um, I needed to redo the Argent Tournament, and I did that like before 8.0 even came out. I didn't have any guild rep because, of course, I was ungilded, but I made my own guild when I transferred because at that point I still had to to transfer all of the gold I had accumulated. Um, they hadn't upgraded, upped it until recently, I remember. Yeah, they didn't up it until recently. So I had guild rep, but I had, like, I didn't, I wasn't exalted by any stretch of the imagination because I'd just made the guild, right? And then the oracles. I got the oracles back up to Revered back in, I want to say Mists? Mists of Pandaria? But I just got them to Revered so that I could get the eggs so that I could grind out the mount, right? And once I got the mount, I just kind of forgot that they existed. So I was like, oh, yeah, I should go finish that off and top it off at Exalted so that I have that. So I believe I'm going to hit Exalted with the guild today. When I go do those daily quests, I should hit Exalted with the Oracles today when I go do those daily quests. Oh, by the way, when I hit Exalted with the Guild, I'm going to get the 90 Reputations Achievement. And then, like I said, uh, Guild today, Oracles today, the Winter Spring people should be in about seven days. I think I have a week left of collecting Whiskers for that. And are those the only three? I think those are the only three right now. That's what I've been doing. I've just been... I've been doing stupid little sidebar stuff because I don't have much else to do at this point and trying to start on any kind of major farming projects or anything seems like a waste of time because I'm going to be jumping into Cold Tyrus the second it opens anyway. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. For me, I, since I never actually tell people what I'm doing, I feel like for once I'll do so. I have been grinding transmog almost continuously. Where and- from? Oh, uh, I have everything from Burning Crusade that I want. Like, everything. I've got all that. But every other expansion has one or two things that I don't have that I want. Um, there's, like, there's boots that match the heroic warrior tier from, from uh, Ice Crown Citadel. But those boots drop in a, dun- in a heroic dungeon in Legion, uh, the, the, the Violet Hold. So I have to farm Violet Hold, which is 
very annoying. Uh, then I there's also okay, but are uh, you farming? Wait, back up here. Are you farming Legion Violet Hold or Burning yes, Crusade? Yes, Le- Legion Violet Hold. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, it is, <laughs> it is very unpleasant. Uh, they only drop off one boss in that instance, so I'm going to be there forever. But in addition to that, I'm killing Ordos every week on like I think. 10 people uh and nothing of course drops but i'm keep, i keep killing him because eventually i'll either go mad or it'll, he'll drop my shoulders and uh there's actually some stuff from from or warlords i want he'll drop your shoulders and then you will go mad and you won't believe that he just did that Pro- what will probably end up happening is that i'll i'll end, i'll like just vendor them not even thinking about it like oh, oh yeah no no, no. Don't, not my shoulders. don't do that keep I've, them I keep getting no, no, no. I mean, like I'll, I won't realize that he's dropped them, so I'll just vendor them with it. Like I do, everything else gets vendored constantly. I'm constantly vendoring all this junky drops. He never drops my shoulders. He always drops other stuff. So, but yeah, I'm doing that. Um, I'm also vacillating like crazy about actually finishing on the alliance side the the current content, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. So I'm not going to talk do about it, it too much. Do, but do, do it for the mount. Oh no, I, I've done it horde side already. Okay, then you have the mount. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, um, but I've been wanting to do it alliance side because I, I got a lot of alliance characters, but I can't make my main do it. Like my main is currently on Argus, and she's going to stay there. Uh, in my in my head canon, my main was on Argus. It was busy, didn't know anything was going on, and that's why she didn't go back. But my Death Knight is currently parked in a Stranar waiting, and I have yet to be able to make myself take the quest. It will. <laughs> punch you in the gut yeah, so I, I don't know if you, I I still need to go do the horde side that's actually I'm going to do that later today with the new horde main which is the other rogue that I have because I have multiple rogues now help me <laughs> welcome to the dark side yeah <laughs> I have joined <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself I'll make another rogue <laughs> Anyway, um, I need to go do the Horde side of things. I did the Alliance side yesterday, and um, wow, I don't think I've felt that uncomfortable since, um, well, I mean, I was talking about it on Twitter, and I and I mentioned uh, Dragon Age 2, you know, the whole scene with Hawk's mom. Yeah, I think you and I are probably the two people who we've talked about this, because the, each of us has a reason why that quest kicked us I had to stop. Well, playing. Liz, Liz knows about this too because I think I've talked about. I this. do. Yeah, I've talked about this with you before too. Yeah, um, I had. I. I. Yeah, that one kicked me in the gut so hard that I had to. I. I just closed the game and I didn't come back to the game for like a week. Um, My wife was asleep. It was like three o'clock in the morning, and I ugh. came into the bedroom and woke her up, and was like, "I have to talk to you right now." And she was like, "What? <laughs> it better be very important." I'm like. And my mom died and she's like yeah but that happened years ago honey what and i was like had to explain that it was in the game because it really did i'm i'm making it sound a little funny now because that's how i tell stories but at the time seriously it, it hurt like i i couldn't go back to that game for a while either uh, i don't think it took me a week but i think it was at least a couple days before i went back it was we like should... a week but it was kind of fresh in my mind and i think that's why so yeah but it okay this hit me kind of like that maybe not on the same level but close so we should probably just be forewarned yeah we should we should just like get into the news and stuff because yeah yeah right right now you guys know it's the it's the pre-expansion period uh we're two weeks as of today i think we're like 13 days because it's the first yeah, right so 13 yeah it, it's august yeah. 13th is launch day 
So as in of the right US, now, if you're well, no, no, it's worldwide. It's worldwide. It's Remember worldwide. But if you're in Europe, because of time zones, it will be the 14th. Okay. Yeah. But it's all going to happen in like as I'm looking at the calendar right now, it will have happened by this time in 13 days. So yeah, the expansion's ready to go. We're all just playing through the content this week. The second part of the War of the Thorns storyline dropped. And also dropped the Warbringer short for Sylvanas. Now, there's going to be, like, I am positive there's going to be a lot of discussion of this on Lore Watch when we record the next one. So, I'm not going to belabor it too yeah. much. We're yeah, gonna, we're, we're going to have a conversation. <laughs> but I will say this. Uh, whatever you feel about the events of the story, that was one of the, that short was hard to watch. It was really well done. Patty Matson. If you, you know, whatever you feel about Sylvanas' character, Patty Matson is doing some amazing work with her. This is some of the best, the best nuance to her performance that she's ever had. It's the most she's had to do in a while, too, which it probably explains it. But the way she delivered the lines that she delivered, I was like, I was seriously like, when I watched it, I had to go back and watch it again. Um, and I didn't want to watch it again because I, I'm not happy with what's going on by any stretch of imagination but it's like i've said i've said in other places this is a case where you can think something is extremely well done but but it's it's hitting the exact point it wants to hit which is making you unhappy like you're not supposed to be happy about this this is a bad thing you're supposed to feel that it's a bad thing i played it horde Thanks, side i hate it yeah. Well, it's like it's like that Star that Star Trek movie where Data's like, "This is revolting." You want another? Please. Uh, it it kind of does remind me of that. Um, I, I played at Horde side, like I said, and my Torin was seriously like, "Do we have an option to say no at some point? Please, C- could we? Could we please have an option to say no? No, it's, we're just going to do this. Okay." It feels so much like Mists of Pandaria, where uh, you know you're like. Okay, I want to nope out of this, and this is, this, I can't if I want to keep progressing. This is actually kind of um, well. Okay, first off, yes, Patty Matson was fantastic. The gal who does the voice work for Delarin—that's Erica Lindbeck, and she is also phenomenal. That's very good. Very phenomenal. good. That was so good. Um, Considering it's the amazing. two of them, it's the two of them basically back and forthing, and they did a really good job. Yeah, absolutely, that has to be said. I thought I recognized that voice when I first clicked on Delarin, I'm like, that person sounds really familiar. Why do they sound familiar? And then uh, Andrea Toyas posted on Twitter the other day and mentioned that Erica Lindbeck was the other person. I'm like, ah, okay, that's why that voice sounds familiar. (laughs) Anyway, she's got a beautiful voice and it suits a night elf so very, very well. Um, What were we saying? What was I saying? I wanted to interject with that and then we were going to talk about something else. (laughs) My brain's all over the place. I'm so very sorry. What we were talking about, like, you know, how it's kind of a punch in the gut storyline, how as a horde, you kind of sometimes might want to be, oh. oh. Yeah, okay. So this actually, okay, I am getting flashbacks to Theramore because as somebody who was playing horde at the end of Cataclysm and at the beginning of Miss of Pandaria, I'm getting kind of the same feeling I had with the Theramore scenario with what was going on there. And, I mean, this has been explained a little bit better than Theramore, because Theramore was basically, here, have a scenario. And it didn't really have, like, an introduction or anything that like that with it. It was just, this is a thing that happened. And it happened in Tides of War. And if you read Tides of War, which I did, the Theramore thing made total sense. But if you didn't, then it was just 
out of nowhere, right? Um, at the same time, I didn't feel really good about it as a horde player. And I was kind of at that point, I was like, Ugh, do I want to switch factions? Because this is just, uh, I don't feel good. I don't feel good about any of this. But then I remember that everything that came after really made Mist of Pandaria. Mist of Pandaria was my favorite expansion up until the end of Legion. Legion has just nudged it out of that spot. Um, and I loved everything about Mist of Pandaria, but I had to get to the end before I could realize, oh yeah, okay, all of this stuff was really great. There was really a lot of nuanced storytelling going on with this that I didn't necessarily see at the beginning when I was like, oh my god, what did we just do? What did we do to Theramore? This is awful. This is horrible. <laughs> right? Um, so I kind of I kind of keep that in mind in the back of my head when I'm thinking about all of this. But above and beyond that, though, this is kind of like beyond the pale. This is beyond Theramore. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do, ta- I, I do take into account when people say, this is just the beginning. I understand that. Yeah. One of the problems with It's still MMOs, a punch to the gut. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's the beginning or not. The part well, that's frustrating to me is that we have to wait. Yeah, that's the thing. MMOs take a while to deliver content. Yeah. If this was a book, I mean, I'll, I'll just be upfront. When I was reading War Crimes or Before the Storm and I got to parts that hit like this, I can just keep reading until I see how it ends. I'm and good you at do that. keep reading because it's yeah. like, okay, it gets better, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it does with eventually. This, <laughs> with this, I I finished the the stuff yesterday, and I I'm like, okay, this is it until next week. Um, I got to sit on this for a week, and I do. I'm I am cognizant of the fact that this is the beginning, and I am cognizant of the fact that there's more story. But it's like if I read a novel where one of my favorite characters from a series just got killed and then I have to, like, I can't read on to see what happens. I'm just sitting with it. Okay. And this is also the, other, the, the interesting thing about MMO storytelling. The, the strength and weakness of it is you're intrinsically involved with what you see when you're in the game. You're doing stuff. This, this unfolds because of actions you take or actions that you witness. It's not like reading a book where your character isn't there. You're not, it's not you. You're not doing it. It's just happening. This is, you know, when you're playing Horde on this, you're doing it. And, I, you know, there are plenty of Horde players who are perfectly okay with this. And they have every right to be okay with it. It's a game. Uh, I get that. For me, I have a lot of memories tied up in, in Teldrassil and Darnassus. I've got a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a reason I rolled a Night Elf this expansion, because I wanted to... I really thought Legion was going to be a great expansion to be a Night Elf in, and I was right. There was a lot of Night Elf stuff here. There was a lot of Elf stuff in general. I felt pretty mu- pretty good about my choice in Legion, and I don't feel good about it right now, I'll tell you that. Um, so there's there's a lot here. I'm, I don't want to like, drag on into it. I'll also say this much. The actual world questing, not doing it for me. Uh, I, I just flat out, that feels like they've messed up compared to like other things they've done. They did a, a lot lackluster. Yeah. They did a lot better on invasions. They did a lot better on Argus. Even it reminds me of the Broken Shore, where the Broken Shore World Quest felt like, um, is that really it? Like every time I left the I got to the Broken Shore, I did like five or six world quests and I was done. And I was like, really? That that's just, that's it? Come back in a few hours? And these don't even reset. Like these reset the next day. So at least at least the Broken Shore had more variety of world quests. It feels like I'm doing a lot of the same things over and over in Dark Shore. 
Yeah, but on the opposite side, the Broken Shore stuff was, go find the money I was going to yeah. use to buy my girlfriend something. <laughs> rainbows. <laughs> yeah, just... there was, at least at least the, this, the Dark Shore stuff doesn't feel like this. Kagar doesn't pop in to tell, well, again, Kagar would probably not have a good quest for you here, let's be honest. But um, there's nobody like, saying, hey. He'd pop in and he'd be like, champion. What in the blue blazes are you doing? Get out of there. Stop what you're doing right now. Come back to Karazhan. We'll have some tea. We can just sort of forget about all this, okay? We talk just about saved this. the world from the Burning Legion. What are you doing? So, yeah, there, there is there's some stuff here that I think any people are criticizing, and they have their right to criticize. There's some stuff here that you, you really can't tell how it's going to end up playing out. Um I'm certainly interested to see what they do next week, storyline-wise. Um, I've seen the scenario. I've done the scenario uh, on the beta, but I don't know how it's going to work out storyline-wise. And there's hopefully some surprises coming in there. And I do feel like we need to explore more what just happened, both for Alliance and for Horde. Um, if you're a Horde player, this this is a moment. Like I don't, I get why people are comparing it to Garage and saying it's Garage 2.0, but my thing is, is that this is very much a different path for her. And it's a path that she's seen. I think the short makes it explicit. So Vanna says, I know your lore on her because I need yeah. to do another know your lore on her because that short actually made me look at some things a little bit differently. And I think it's a subject that's like worth exploring. Yeah. But there's definitely a lot to talk about a lot to unpack, but you know, we actually have to talk about other things in the show. So uh, at this point, can we, can we, can it's we the, take a second. Can we take a second? <laughs> okay. Um, can we take a second and talk about the stuff that's going on outside of all of this? Is that okay? Uh, depending on what you mean, uh, if you're talking about the stuff like that's say... going on on Twitter, the stuff with okay. people being yeah, that's can we, can we that's... talk about that? Can I talk about sure. that real quick? Sure. Yeah, I think we I think have... all three of us feel that way. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going after Christy Golden, which I think is probably about the worst thing in the world that you could be doing because she's probably one of the nicest people I have ever met. And I've only met her a handful of times, but I do consider her a friend. So, you know, as far as that goes, there are a lot of people who are blaming her for Warbringers and blaming her for the current storyline and basically just blaming her for every problem they've ever had with the story. You guys need to stop that. And there's a really specific reason why you need to stop that. She's not a WoW story developer. She doesn't work on World of Warcraft. She doesn't direct the story. That's not her job. She has nothing to do with any of the stuff that's going on currently. She's a writer. She's a staff writer, and she writes for all of Blizzard's games. That's her job. Does she have input on scripts and things like that? Yeah, because she writes those. But does she direct the story in any fashion? No, she does not. And on top of that, Warbringers and the information presented in Warbringers and a lot of the introductory story for Legion was all completed and done before she was ever hired. So this is literally stuff that she had nothing to do with. And I'm not saying, number one, you need to get off her case. Number two, you need to get off of everyone's case. Because the last thing you need to be doing is attacking story writers just because you don't like something. It's okay not to like something. It's not okay to go out there and attack people over it. Yeah, a vigorous critique of art you dislike is fine. Personal attacks on creators of said art is not... Personal attacks on people who like art you dislike is also not okay. 
because it's not just the community isn't just going after Christie, although quite frankly they are, and it's disgusting. Um, they are going after other people. They're going after other people who are just playing the game, and that's I've seen that on both sides of this faction thing, and you got to stop. It's got nothing to do with with other people. The person playing Horde didn't burn down Teldrassil. They they're playing a game. They didn't write this. It doesn't matter who wrote it. In fact, you don't like it. There are things you can do. You can critique it. You can stop playing if it's really that problematic for you. You can stop playing. You can always stop playing the game. Y'all, we're playing a video game on the internet with little green yeah. men and dragons in it. We really don't need to get down each other's throats over all of this because I really I do think we, we need to say don't. this too. There's one thing that needs to be said. It doesn't matter, you know, it's true that you shouldn't be harassing Christy because she had nothing to do with it. But even if she wrote every single piece of it, you shouldn't be harassing her. You shouldn't be harassing anybody. That needs to be said multiple times. You should never, ever, if you're ever that upset, if you're that angry about something. And I did get really angry about this. Go I will for be a walk. Go look I, at when, nature. Scream into a pillow. Do whatever. Have some ice cream. Anything. You Just know, don't you can, go attacking people, okay? Yeah. If you're, if you're that upset and you can't confine it to the events of the story, then, yeah, do something else. Or, you know, I'll tell you what I did up front. I, I, I went and played Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. That's what I did. That's what I've been doing lately whenever I'm upset because it's a nice – it's completely stress-free. I know what happens. The game's 15 years old. <laughs> it's not going to surprise me. It surprised me at the time. But if you find a game you like, find something else to do. Read, I read find a book Diablo like. is a really good stress reliever because there's nothing that can't be solved by mercilessly whirlwinding through an yeah, endless I'm, waterfall of demons. I'm pushing Greater Rift 65, <laughs> so it's actually pretty stressful right now. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm actually trying to progress in Diablo. So Di- Diablo's become the other game I play, like, <laughs> seriously. And so, yeah, but I, I do think that that's... I get being upset. I do. I get being upset, you know, for both factions. I get Horde players... Who are like, yeah, we've seen this before. We don't want to go. We don't want to be the bad guys. We don't want to see that. I get you. Not only is it early yet, and you do, you should give it some time. When you get too upset to function, do something else, but don't attack people. Don't attack fellow players. Uh, You know, friendly little jibes are fine. Like Mitch and I used to give each other crap all the time, but we don't actually. You still do. Yeah, but no, they don't see it anymore. No. It's not on the show. It's, it's just, it's one thing to tease somebody about playing, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, the rotting corpse is back. It's it's another thing to actually attack them. And that's, this is supposed to be fun. If it's not fun for you, stop. It's not, it's not for this. If it's not fun, go away. It's okay. It's fine. You don't have to play the video game. It's okay. But. <sighs> Now that we've lectured you, um, we should probably talk about some other stuff. Uh, f- first off, I'm going to talk about this one, although I don't really understand what's happening. I don't know if either of you understand what's happening either. What did they do to Chromium in Heroes of the Storm? Oh, wait, nope. I have to stop. I have to throw <laughs> it over to you, Anne. I'm sorry, I forgot. Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about Chromium in a minute. First off, if you enjoy our show, consider checking out Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. With Curiosity Stream, you can watch over 1,500 science, history, tech, and nature documentaries wherever you happen to be. In other words, it's kind of like Netflix for documentaries and education, which might sound boring, but it definitely is not. They have tons of original educational programming. They have a variety of different categories of documentaries that you can choose from. Rossi, I know you were gung-ho about, what was it? The one about one? the history of English. Yeah, uh, the history of they English. Also, 
They've also got one called Hey, It's That Guy or something like that. I can't remember the exact name, but it's about voice actors. Yes. Um, that one's really good, too. So I if love you those. haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. I love the ones about voice acting. Um, there are a lot of art ones on there, too, that I really enjoy. Uh, I don't know how much. I haven't delved into seeing whether they have any, like, true crime stuff on there. But that stuff always interests me for whatever. It just spooks me out and kind of, like, keeps me intrigued. And um, I need to check and see if they've actually got anything like that on there. I they have so many available that I'm sure there's probably a couple there. I know they've got a bunch of period pieces too, and history is always like one of those things I really like. Anyway, you could drive out. You could try out the service with a one week free trial, and subscriptions just start at like two ninety nine a month, so it's actually cheaper than Netflix overall. And they do add new shows every week, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can find Curiosity Stream again. It's at BlizzardWatch.com/curiosity, and every new subscription supports our show and everything that we do. Okay. Now going back to the Chromie thing, basically I'm looking over the notes, and from what I understand, they effectively buffed her and nerfed her at the same time. So it kind of comes out like not that she's been buffed or nerfed, but that they've they've taken down the things she does that she's really strong against, while well, also okay. making her better at the stuff she's weak at. Does does that make sense? Yeah. Here's the thing with Chromie. Chromie, the way that Chromie works, she can like. Well, okay, the way that Chromie worked, because they are giving her this rework. She could stand safely in the fog of war, like out of sight, and cast spells from essentially what was a blind spot. So you didn't know it was coming. And then a lot of her spells could be dodged in theory, like her sandblast, but that spell was being cast so often that it was basically, if you're spending all your time dodging her sandblast, you literally can't do anything else. Basically, she was she could be dealt with, but the fact that she was there was one of those things that just made players like set players really on edge. It made it made it made it a really uncomfortable experience to play against her because she had so many of these advantages and yeah, you could work around those advantages, but doing so required such a high level of attention that it was very unlikely you could do much else while you were doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. I'm like looking at the developer comment, and they they basically address that that in order to balance out the stuff they've reduced, they actually increased her her bronze dragon trait and so forth. Yeah. So yeah, I understand the concept. Yeah, they buffed up some other stuff, and they basically kind of evened her out. So is she still powerful? Absolutely. Is she as an anxiety inducing? Probably not. Um, hopefully not. You could test her on the PTR right now. Find out. Uh, they also addressed some stuff with, uh, I believe it was Stukov. They messed around with Stukov a little bit too. Uh, two of his talents will no longer be quests. Um, they won't be, the, they're going to be talents. They aren't going to be, the, the changed talents, they aren't going to be as strong as like the quests were. But they're stronger at a baseline level. So it's adjustments with Stukov, but nothing that's going to like break him or anything. Which is good. And it's, yeah. it's, again, it's a matter of when you played against Stukov, Stukov could get to a point where he would, like, shut down things just so low with, like, lurking arm and that kind of thing. And they wanted to kind of move away from that. So they've made some adjustments to him as well. Those are the two that are getting really big adjustments. Um, and they're both they're both available on the PTR right now to play. So people can mess around with them and see how they're working. Are they on the PTR or are they live? I think they're on the PTR right now. Yeah, the article says PTR. Yeah. yeah. They're on the PTR and they should be live next week. Yeah. 
So it's just some adjustments. It's some quality of life adjustments. Neither of these players are getting like super nerfed or anything like that. They're just getting adjusted so that they aren't quite as I can't breathe when you're playing against them. (laughs) That's all. That's good because you don't want that. Yeah. Uh, Also, something interesting I saw um, on our site, I saw it, but I'm sure it was other places. Uh, Apparently, ESPN has people leaking that there's going to be an Atlanta, Paris, and I can't pronounce this word, I'm sorry, Guangzhou? Is it Guangzhou? Guangzhou? I'm I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really big on on Chinese. I'm sorry, my Chinese is horrible, you guys. Um, But but apparently there's going to be three teams added to Overwatch's League Season 2. I'm sorry, Liz, go ahead. Those are just the ones we have semi-confirmed from ESPN, but ESPN's a really reliable source, and they've been factual in the past uh but overwatch was originally talking about adding four to six teams berlin has also been rumored but i haven't heard any other ideas thrown out there so we don't know but blizzard overwatch league has said they want to do more international teams so so far we have two out of three are new international teams okay yeah that's so basically all we really know is that they're talking about it and that people are telling us that they're going to do it, but the Blizzard themselves haven't actually announced anything. I think it's really likely though, that these three are going to happen because ESPN wouldn't publish it if they didn't have a good source. Gotcha. So six, six thousand six in the chat channel says pronounce it Guangzhou apparently because they built a hospital there. So that's good. (laughs) Guangzhou. So if the, if, the two different reports are both accurate. We're looking at teams in Paris and Berlin to up Europe's total to three. And uh, Guangzhou would be that in Shanghai. I, I, is there another one in Asia? I'm sorry. I don't know the league as well as I should. That would be, well, the new the new Chinese team would be. Yeah, there would be yeah, that one the, in Shanghai. Shanghai is the only one in, yeah, that's the only one in Asia right now. So there there's would be Shanghai two in Asia. and then there's the Seoul Dynasty. Seoul Dynasty. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay, right. there you go. Oh, I forgot that. Oh my gosh, so be- you guys. How could you forget about this whole dynasty? They're great. Okay, anyway. <laughs> because they totally kind of crapped out at the end of the season and didn't <laughs> even make the finals. They disappeared. But no, but they were they were doing good. Uh, Shanghai Shanghai was on everybody's radar, obviously, because everybody was just really rooting for them. Just to win something. <laughs> it's okay. There's, I mean, there's that would, that would, season two next year, you guys. Come back. That would up their, their representation to three as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta, I mean, that's... Not really surprising because Atlanta is a relatively big international town. It's got like the airport Atlanta's, hubs and so forth. Yeah, apparently Cox Enterprises is looking at Atlanta, um, and that I think that one is probably the closest to confirm confirm that they had. Uh, Paris and Guangzhou; those those two were rumored, but not necessarily one hundred percent confirmed. Cox is looking way closer. So um, yeah, Atlanta, mm, Atlanta. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just thinking Atlanta Braves, and I like I'm in Colorado, so Rockies in Braves. No, anyway, uh, that should be fun though, having another U.S. team and someone kind of more in the middle. <laughs> I just think it's interesting because it would put if you got all six, it would put the team up to 18 teams, mm-hmm. which is pretty significant. I mean, we were like, remember we were speculating when this all started about you know how successful will this be. How big will it be? Uh, I, if there's rumors are even remotely true, the answer is really, really big. Like, they, if they're going to expand up six teams when you've got 12 teams right now, that's half your current roster. You know, that's a that's a 50% expansion in your first year. 
That's it's, not. It's a thirty to sixty million dollar buy-in, is what we're yeah. hearing. So that's a that's a big investment for people who want to own teams, and that's this is just huge for esports. Here's here's my thing. Um, I don't know, Liz. You watched the finals for a little while, right? Uh, yeah, I watch. Well, I watched the last matches. The last matches. Okay. And then Rossi, did you watch the finals at all, or no? No. Okay. The finals were at the Barclay Center in New York. Um, and oh wait, I'm lying. I watched the London Spitfires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If you watch London, it was London Spitfire and Philadelphia Fusion. Obviously, uh, London won, which was great. Go Spitfire. I mean, I like both teams. I'm sorry. <laughs> if anybody's a Philly fan, I'm sorry. I like you guys too. I like I like all of you. Okay. I really do. I just I, it was nice seeing London win because they kind of they had a dip and the, they were really strong at the beginning of the season and then they took this big dip and then they came back again and it was great. Um, the Barclay Center though, uh, the crowd at the Barclay Center every time they panned over the crowd, it was just kind of jaw dropping, right? Because yeah, that place was sold out and they there's it. Apparently the Barclay, yeah, 19,000 people. The Barclay Center seats 19,000 people. If you have ever been to BlizzCon, the main stage where they do the opening ceremonies, like that's always packed to the gills, that's 12,000 people. There were, yeah, (laughs) just do the math there. There were more people there at, at those Overwatch League finals than at BlizzCon opening ceremonies. And that crowd is huge. So... There's no denying that this thing is ridiculously wildly popular. Like, it totally took off. So I'm not surprised at all that more people are wanting to buy in. Um, I'm wondering where they're going to put the cap at for teams. Because I'm sure that there's probably, like, a cap that they're looking at somewhere. You don't want to get too many teams in the Overwatch League because you get too many teams and then it starts just muddying everything up. So, I don't know. This is, you know, determining how many people you actually have who can compete at that level and so forth. Yeah. But... Okay, well, last thing we're going to talk about really fast. Um, Blizzard basically published their official calendar for how stuff is going to release in Battle for Azeroth. Uh, some of it we already knew, like the Old Deer Raid releases. That stuff we published last week, but just to go over really fast. Um, Normal and Heroic are opening on September 4th. Uh, Mythic, Raid Finder Wing, uh, Mythic and Raid Finder Wing 1 are opening on September 11th. Raid Finder Wing 2 is opening on September 25th. And the final wing of Raid Finder is opening on October 9th. So that's the Old Air Raid schedule. So you've got pretty much the entire, like from the time the game comes out, you've got a month really before you have to worry too much. It's, it's going to be not quite a month, but a solid three weeks before this even opens. Uh, so you don't have to like rush to 120 to, to get in on raiding. But you will, because we know you. You're going to do it. Everybody does. Don't, don't tell me you're not going to rush to 120. Uh, also, though, they published their PvP season. Uh, PvP season 1 Battle for Azeroth is going to start on September 4th, the same time that the raid opens. Um, and at the same time, Mythic Keystone season 1, they're actually going to have a Mythic Keystone season in Battle for Azeroth. It's a dungeon it also, season, pretty yeah, much. It's a, yeah, it's for dungeons. Uh, it, this is also opening... On September 4th. So pretty much all the stuff that you call Endgame opens the same time. Uh, it all opens on September 4th. Uh, the other two, obviously, they don't have a staggered release for the other two because they don't really need one. Those things tend to progress as people get better geared. People will just naturally PvP more, and people will just naturally push higher and higher keystones as the season goes on, whereas rating tends to be more structured. But that's 
all happening basically September. If September 4th is your end game starts date if you're looking for one. Obviously, there will be patches, there will be new raids, there will be new seasons uh, for both PvP and for Mythic Keystone Dungeons. Uh, but that's how everything's going to start. You've got, since it drops on the 13th, you've effectively got three weeks before you have to be at 120 and be geared enough to start any activity you want to do. So that's good to know. Uh, we knew some of it already, but it's nice to get it all out of the way and, and stated. And the first raid is Aldir. And there is no other raid announced at this time. So they're not doing that thing they've done in other expansions where they had two or three raids to start. Uh, it's just the one raid. Uh, so yeah, basically, that's basically all you really need to know. I don't. I mean, Liz, can you think of anything that they sh- they haven't announced yet that we'd want to know? No, I, they really kind of had it right there, and I. It's like okay, it's a list of dates, and uh, yeah, okay, I'm gonna level as fast as I can anyway. So yeah, yeah. It's... Did you talk about the uh, the new allied races? No, I did not that's, talk about that's that. That's the other thing that's coming out. Um, for people who have been waiting for Dark Iron Dwarves or Magar Orcs, those are going to be available on the 14th of August. But there's a big but here, you guys. You'll be able to begin the journey to get them on August 14th. So pretty much the day that you start leveling, you can start working on this. There are requirements involved, though. You have to reach level 120. So max level, and then you have to become exalted with the sub faction for either side's war campaign. So for the alliance, that would be the seventh legion. For horde, that would be the honor bound. Once you've done that and you've completed the war campaign in Colteris and Zandalar, you earn an achievement called Ready for War, and then you can go ahead and start on that stuff. You can go ahead and get get your Maghar orc, or you can get your Dark Iron Dwarf. So you won't be able to get them immediately day one because. I don't think you can get to Exalted Day 1, but you could try. You could get a good head start. (laughs) Yeah, and the interesting thing here is, like, keep in mind that that's still not... That's only two of the four allied races we're going to get in Battle for Azeroth. We don't know anything about the Zandalar or the Kul yet in terms of when you'll get to start actually working on them or or playing one. But you can do Maghar Orcs or Dark Iron Dwarves, so... If you've been waiting to start your Dark Iron Dwarf because you really want to play a, a sooty paladin, there you go. That's how you do it. Um, I'm interested because I don't know much of anything about the Dark Iron story. So that's that's something I'm really fascinated in getting to work on. Macar 1 I'm interested in too, but I, I kind of – I've read a lot about the story already, so I don't, I don't feel as rushed to get to them. But the Dark Iron Dwarves, I, don't, I really want to see how does this work? How do these guys come into the Alliance? The part that I'm kind of curious about is that when they were announcing these races at BlizzCon, two of the ones that they, uh, one of the ones that they announced was, you know, the Zandalar Trolls, and those aren't going to be immediate, which I think is weird. Yeah, I don't, I've... I mean, I'm assuming it's a later patch, same thing with Kul but... Especially since the Zandalari are such a big part of your leveling experience. I mean, you go to Zandalar and you start working alongside those guys immediately. And I I know that the same is true for Kul but... I don't know why I'm just more surprised about the Zandalar, mainly because we didn't even know we were getting Colteris humans until fairly late in the news cycle. I mean, I'm we're... technically already exalted with the Zandalar, so yeah, is it that going to play in at all? No, it doesn't work. <laughs> Does that count? No? No? Only works for the original character that got it. Yeah, I'm playing no. that original character that got it. Does that count? Aren't you playing it? Yeah, aren't you... wasn't it a priest? No. 
Oh, I I, I did mean, it on I have my it on my priest character. and I have it on my rogue. I have it on two characters. <laughs> okay. I did it. I did it on my original warrior that I haven't played in a long did we, time. Did we mention so. that I like filling green bars? I really like filling bars. <laughs> okay, well that pretty much covers news for this week. So we're going to move on to some emails. Uh probably won't get that many, but you know, it's we'll see what we can do. Uh if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line Blizzard Watcher Podcast, so we know it's for this show. Uh, and if you don't mind? Okay. Um, first email is from Lomshank, who is a proud patron. Thanks, Lomshank. It says, hello, watchers. When I try to play a race that roleplays well, as well... Oh, when I try to play a race that roleplays as well the champion, I only ever feel right as a few races, whether it be orcs, blood elves, humans, or night elves. When I stroll up on a troll or a dwarf and I have all these humans and orcs consult me as an almighty hero, slayer of evil, and powerful ally, I feel like I should be playing a different race that fits the quote-unquote main character look. Maybe it's because Blizzard tends to keep certain races in the spotlight more and give them more heroes to look up to. I would like to know what you all feel about this way of thinking and maybe help slap me out of that viewpoint. Thanks, Lomshank. You're not a gnome? What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually quite serious about this. Uh, playing a gnome and getting everyone to do that to you is freaking great. They're all like, like you know, if you were a human size, they'd all be like 13, 20 feet tall. And they're all like, what do you think we should do, champion? Or hero, we're so glad you're here. It's just, it's it's a buzz. I don't know why it's fun. I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, I have a gnome monk, death knight, and warrior. Of course, I have a gnome warrior. Um, and I've enjoyed it on all of them. Uh, especially the gnome death knight, because gnome death knights are terrifying. Absolutely. Uh, I, <laughs> you can have an army of dead things following you around and every single member of that army is so tall no one can see you you're like behind this wave of dead people and you're just you know directing them and telling them to kill things plus uh, the or... gnome voice with the death knight vocalization effect tossed on top of it is just yeah. it's a thing of supernatural horror i love it <laughs> especially when they giggle yeah it's <laughs> it is really something uh quite frankly yeah uh, so i would I would say, I mean, if you if you if that's how you feel, that's fine. It's your game. You don't have to do anything just because other people do it differently. But yeah, I I don't see any problem with having a dwarf or a gnome or a pandaren as the champion of the world. I think that's actually one of the cool things about playing the game. I mean, I don't know what you guys think. Liz, what do you think? Uh, well, I think I think uh, I I agree here, just because um, on on the thing about you have heroes to look up to. And some races don't have many heroes. Like, you look at trolls, and we had a whole expansion where Vol'jin was warchief, but we didn't see him. So we've had, i got to say, uh, you know, two out of three of my Horde characters are trolls, the ones I play. And I I like trolls. I think they have an interesting story, and they kind of, they kind of have that scrappy underdog feel because the Horde is so dominated by orcs and because so many actual horde players play blood elves it's a ridiculous percentage that play blood elves uh but it's like trolls no never had yeah <laughs> i have a blood elf too i get it but it's so so if you're playing a troll you don't have that big hero to to kind of inspire you or to make you get excited about playing the race it's like okay we have vol'jin and vol'jin was really cool except he became Warchief, and we spent an expansion not on Azeroth, and then he was dead. 
spoilers, I guess. Sorry. Uh, and just, you, and no one has, has anyone really replaced him as troll leader? Because I know if you go back and you start a new troll now, it's just Bulljin there. They haven't swapped him out for anyone. It's just Bulljin. So it's, if I you're a troll, Rokan what have you got? Kind of, I believe Rokan is kind of like filling that role right now. I'm not sure. He does in Battle I for Azeroth, he does, but he doesn't, yeah. seem to, he doesn't seem to actually in like the regular game. No, it's just, it's like when when they need, oh, here is a tro- troll leader representative. They stick Rokan <laughs> in that spot, so. Yeah, I started a new troll like a couple months ago and you go through and it's, you're just talking to Vol'jin. Vol'jin's there. And Vol'jin is talking to Thrall about Garrosh and the and it's like, wow, this is a blast from the past. Okay. Let's do the time warp. Oh wait, no, copyrighted. <laughs> okay, sorry. But yeah, yeah, I think it's kinda of, I think it's a matter of not having those heroes. And it's also if you think about the Blood Elf thing, it's looks. People like playing pretty characters. So yeah. I do find myself wondering if the Nightborn are gonna skew that. Because now you can play a Nightborn. I don't know if that means people well, will. Well, like, I swapped go factions with my Blood Elf, and my new main over on Horde is a Nightborn. So. <laughs> well, it's like I mean, I've never liked how Night Elf, like Blood Elves, look in plate. I just, it's just never worked for me. It's but a little the awkward. They're really the, scrawny little guys. The Nightborn look really good in plate. Um, I have a Nightborn warrior that I, I haven't done much with, but I have her, um, and she looks good in plate. She, you know, wanders around killing stuff. Looks fine. My Blood Elf warrior, like the swords, always look weird in her hands, and her animations aren't that great. I mean, they when they standardized animations, that fixed it a little bit, but yeah, I, still not thrilled with her. The plate doesn't really display on her the way I'd like, whereas it displays nice on my Nightborn. But let's face it, I'm always going to be the guy who's like, does this make my transmog look good? No, okay, I don't want to play it. <laughs> okay, so Lomshank, I'm going to be real with you. I never look at any of my characters as quote unquote the champion because I'm a role player and I play on role playing realms. None of my characters are ever a champion of anything because I just don't find that interesting. I mean, sure, there's something to be said about being the big dang hero of every story ever or whatever, and that's what World of Warcraft delivers to you, but I find it much more interesting to write nuanced stories where my characters don't necessarily believe in whatever the horde is up to or whatever the alliance is up to they're often they're in there for their own interests and doing their own things and they are the heroes of their own stories and their own stories happen to be the ones that i write for them so as far as i'm concerned it doesn't matter what race i'm playing i'm gonna make them a really really interesting character and that's all i care about so I don't know if that exactly answers your question or addresses your question, but maybe think of it from that standpoint. Just because Blizzard says that you're the big dang hero doesn't mean that you have to like automatically take that role or assume that that's the role you, that your character is playing. Your character can be anything you want. And you don't have to be an, on an RP server to think that in your head either. You can be anywhere and think that in your head. It's okay. that all right? Moving on. This is from... Rausdoa, he of many alts, currently Lackawaxen, High Mountain Torn Hunter, which is a fantastic name. I just have to give you props for that. Um, and they are also a Patreon supporter. Says, hello, watchers of whirling web-serving whiteness. Wow. You almost got me there, dude. Uh, what level of anachronism do you think I could get away with in roleplay when it comes to allied race? What, what, have we just turned this into a roleplay show? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> Uh, the other emails were relatively on a subject that I think we should save for Lore Watch, so yeah. 
Okay. Well, um, we'll just j- jump into this then. What level of <laughs> anachronism do you think I could get away with in role play when it comes to allied races or any race for that matter? Like no nightborn should have been outside of the bubble prior to Legion, but is it conceivable a high mountain Torin could have been exploring the world and made his way to join his brother in Kalimdor around wrath time? I loved allied races, but my character's backstories are very important to me and having these guys just dropped in the middle of things without a prior attachment to the world makes it hard to get invested. Sincerely, Rouse Dawa. Do you guys have anything to say before I jump into this? Because I have words about this, too. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I don't feel like there's any reason you can't write your own story. I mean, it's RP. It doesn't have to be totally canon compliant. There's no reason that, you know, one person couldn't have gone out and done this and still fit in with the overall story. Plus, I mean, we know Nightborn were getting exiled. It's just that most of them turned into withered things and went nuts. Were they called wretched? I forget if they were called wretched. The wretched. No, yeah. the wretched. The wretched were the blood elves. The withered. So the were... withered. Yeah, the withered of the nightborn. Yeah. Uh, there's no reason your one character couldn't have figured out a way to like find enough mana to to prevent it from happening to them, or just soldiered through on sheer willpower until they got someplace where some kindly mages helped them out. Uh, it's kind of contrived, but so what? <laughs> It's it's World of Warcraft. At one point, the baby of a thief who died in like vanilla showed up and set, a, <laughs> set an entire place on fire before she attacked it with a, you know a werewolf at her side. This this is not a game that worries too hard about contrivance. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't if you want to do that. Like for me, I would be totally okay with like seeing my void elf join the alliance as a high elf and then got voided some other way. That's I don't mind doing that. I, it doesn't bother me. So. There, that's my thing on it. Anachronism's fine. Uh, but now, Anne, go. You can... Pretty much what Rossi said. I've always been kind of the proponent of you can do anything you want with roleplay. And the same goes for allied races. You can do whatever you like with them. Doesn't matter. There might be some people who um, won't roleplay with you because they are sticklers for the lore and they kind of frown on things that go outside of that lore bubble or what have you. That's okay. There's like lots of other people you can roleplay with who will probably be perfectly happy to do so, no matter what your backstory happens to be. Go ahead and make whatever you want. It's all good. You can do it. And as far as the high mountain go, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with a high mountain being on a world tour or whatever. That's fine. Um, I will say that I know you said having the guys dropped in the middle of things without a prior attachment makes it hard to get invested. I would say that finding reasons for them to get invested would make for a really good story like maybe that's an angle you could play what do they think about what the world's that's going on around them i have i have a nightborn character and my nightborn character is not at all invested in faction politics or anything else she's just really happy to be out of ceremony <laughs> and she thinks the world is really fabulous and she's just trying to get to know it and that's that's as far as i went with her story and it's fine. I'm having fun exploring the world with her. It's good. Um, I have. I'll, I'll tell you this want, much. Dude. I will. I'll actually throw in something because I've got a couple light forged, and the one that I leveled, my basic take on him was he was like, okay, we're gonna do recon, right? We got to figure this place out. And then, as he went through it, he was like, basically, like, you're serious about this? Like, this is actually something that's happening? You you just have ins? What about when the demons show up? Well, up until recently, we didn't have demons all that much. What? What do you, you mean? You didn't have demons. <laughs> like, 
like when he got to when he got to Outland, that was comforting to him. Like, oh, demons! There's okay. demons here. I, That's so good. I, kill those. The, okay. Maybe with the north <laughs> Wait a minute. Now it's just dead people. Like what? what I know. <laughs> my Lightforged hit Outland, and it was like everyone's. Oh my god! All of these demons, beware! And I'm like, yes, demons to kill. Awesome. I'm familiar with this. This I understand. <laughs> that part where you had me getting spider legs to make cakes out of them. I didn't know what was going on with that. But this I get. I mean, heck, I have, I mean, I don't I don't play conventionally usually when I do. I have a Forsaken character who could care less what Sylvanas is doing and could care less about everybody wandering around moaning about how life is or unlife is pain or whatever. She doesn't care. She's dead. She's not alive. She doesn't really care about this. She's kind of grumpy about it. And honestly, she doesn't really care about adventuring either. She's sort of put out when people ask her to do things. She'll do it because, of course, she'll do it. Fine. I'll be good. Whatever. But I'd really rather be napping in my hut. (laughs) Oh, and she's very embarrassed about how she died. (laughs) Because it was not. Yeah. She she didn't die in like the heat of battle or some kind of glorious death or anything. She it was yeah. Arthas basically picked her up. Well, not Arthas, but the scourge basically picked her up because they found her corpse in a field somewhere, and it had nothing to do with anything that was going on with the plague or anything else. It was just a very embarrassing way to die, and that's how I play my Forsaken. It's not at all like any Forsaken that they've written in lore. It, She's not dark or grim or anything else. She's just really kind of grumpy. <laughs> and I like playing her that way. Play however you want. It's all good. Do it however you want. Um, I think we've got time for one more here. So I'm going to skip down a couple here and go to Baragorn, the warlock from Cadgar, who says, Hey, folks. I'm curious if Maiev and Illidan ever finally had a chance to settle things. I don't recall a short story or anything beyond some interaction in the Broken Shore and a dungeon. Also, what do you think the Wardens will do now? Their base, as it were, was breached. Illidan is gone. Are they still needed? Thanks, Baragorn. Rossi? Yo, I'm sorry. (laughs) I completely was listening to what you said, and then I got completely distracted thinking about what you said. That's (laughs) on me. Can we, like, roll back a little bit? Uh, what do you think the Wardens are going to do now that the Legion is gone? I, they Are they still needed? Illidan is gone. Their oh, base was breached. I'm going to be up front here. Teldrassil just got burned down, and the Night Elves are refugees with a whole bunch of their military having been down in Silithus when it happened. I'm pretty sure yeah. the Wardens have a lot to do right it, now. I, I sincerely hope that if she doesn't show up immediately, that there is a bit... Like, I've said this before... I would not be unhappy if Shandris and Maiev basically buddy cop their way through this, then started dating and told each other really ridiculous stories about how what a, what a pain in the butt Jared is. I'd be fine with both of those things happening, but I would like to see the two of them show up and actually start pushing a more militarized night elf society because that's what's left. Their military and whatever refugees escaped, that's what they've got. So, yeah, I would definitely expect the Wardens to do stuff. I just want her to show up and, like, talk to Taronda and say something along the line. I I just want her to point out to Taronda that if they had not joined the Alliance, if they had stayed secluded in the forests as they were supposed to be, none of this would have ever happened. (laughs) 
See, I don't know if she could actually get away with that because, if anything, you could make the point that not having joined the Alliance, this would have happened and they would have had nobody to help them. I but, yeah, yes, I think you Maiev, could, but at the same Maiev time... could say that. Yeah, at the same time. And Maiev, Maiev comes from this same school of thought as Fandral, which is night elves are the best and everybody else is, you know. Um, and I always like that about her character. I don't know if they've adjusted that or changed that or anything but she was very much she was she was of the old ways like Fandral was let's also say this I I really need them to explain or at least gloss in some way yes how Maiev is just hanging around yeah after after the events of I mean I get you Burning Legion invasion we kind of have to but she was just doing stuff in Wolfheart. With the wardens, yeah. Was it Wolfheart? Yeah, Wolfheart. Wolfheart's the one where she kind of murdered a bunch of people and tried to kill Malfurion and then ran they, off. They, like, there was, there were, it sounded like they were going to say something about it, and then they just sort of glossed over it in Legion. Yeah. And and keep in mind that a lot of the reason why we didn't see Maiev later on is because her voice actress was having, um she she was having surgery on her vocal cords, so she couldn't actually do any vocal recording, which is really a pity. Um, But that's why, I think that's pretty much why we didn't really see much of her on Argus or anything or beyond that dungeon. I think that dungeon was kind of the last thing that she did for Legion and then she couldn't come in and do anymore. She's fine now. Don't get me wrong. She's fine now, which is good. But uh, that's like stuff outside of the game that kind of affected what went on inside the game. I do, yeah. I, I do feel like I should say, though, Baragorn, you said that Illidan is gone. That makes no difference. The Wardens were around before Illidan. I mean, that. Well, no, they weren't technically. They were established when he was in prison, but they had lots of other things to do besides yeah. just watch they this one guy. The vault of the you'll notice they had the vault of the wardens, which Illidan wasn't in. No, they didn't keep him with the other prisoners. They kept him off by himself. Yeah, so they definitely had other things they were imprisoning. And he might have been Maya's sole purpose in life, but he was not the wardens as a whole. They had like a lot of things that they did. So I don't. I don't think I think they have a lot of things that they could be doing now. Do I think we'll see them in Battle for Azeroth? I don't know. It'd be cool if we did. I, I like the wardens. I would like to see them continue. Yeah. Anyway, that wraps us up for emails and that also wraps us up for the show. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on a podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And don't forget, if you do enjoy the show, consider checking out CuriosityStream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. Every new subscription helps support our show and everything that we do. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, again, guys, if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or Blizzard Watch in the subject line. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be here next week. 